This is KMTT. Today, on Mondays, we have a shear of Harav Yemen Tavori, who this year will be examining different responses, Shalotu Chuvot, from the major ones from the 18th and 19th century. Harav Tavori. This week we'll continue discussing some of the chuvas of Rabbi Kivager. Last week I mentioned the details of the life of Rabbi Kivager. We pointed out that he was known for his excessive modesty. Many stories are told about it, and before we get to the chuvas, I'll relate one brief story that reflects his midos. He lived at the same time as the Rev Lorbabam the author of the Nesivos, who was the Rav of Lisa. Each one visited each other, had tremendous respect for each other, and both always felt that the other one was the real Talmud Chacham. A story is told that one time they were in a chariot together, in a carriage, and the custom was in those days that when a, a, a city knew that a great Talmud Chacham was coming, they would go out, release the horses, and carry the carriage part of the way to the to the city itself. So when they came to the city, as was the custom, the people came out to carry the carriage. The Nesiva saw and said, oh, obviously this is for Abikivegir. So he walked out of the carriage to be with the people carrying the carriage. Abikivegir thought, oh, this is obviously for the Nesivos. So he walked out and he was helping the people carry the carriage. In the end result, the people came to town and found that they were carrying an empty carriage. Both the Nesivos and Rebekah Vager just assumed that there was no such covet for them. It was obviously for the other person. One of the most famous chuvas of Rebekah Vager is actually in the second part of the chuva. We'll begin with it from the beginning. In Siman Zion, of the, the question was was raised about a certain story that happened in the city of Friedland, where a sofer came to town, along with his son, who was somewhat of an apprentice in writing tefillin. Now, the son looked mature, he was tall. The father said he was 16 years old. And the apprentice, the son, actually helped in writing the tefillin. Rabbi Kivager protested, because how do you know this child is indeed a gadol? The Gemara says that the real definition of gadlus is when a person has brought physical signs of gadlus, what we call shteisaros. Now, these shteisaros are not seen when people are wearing clothes, therefore, unless he has a beard. But otherwise, how do you really know this child is indeed a gadol alpidin, and in order to write tefillin, which is a din Torah, that you have to have kosher tefillin, so how could you rely on this child? How do we rely on a, any case where we have a din that a child above the age of 13, today what we call the bar mitzvah boy, reads the Torah and gets and gets maftir and everything else, he davens for them, but how do we allow that? So the Gemara explains there's a chazaka of Rava. The chazaka of Rava is that a child who reached 13, there's a chazaka that he has also brought these simanim, and we rely on that. Rabbi Kivager pointed out, it's true we rely on that. We brought we, we rely on that only for dinim de Rabbanan. If the, the 
an incident involved is a problem to Rabbanan, let's say tefillah, to be mostly other people in tefillah, or to to be a, to daven for the Amud, or to read the Torah, we, all of these are the Rabbanan issues, and therefore we rely on what's called in the world Chazaka de Rava. But for Adin Daraisa, Rabbi Kivager put out, pointed out that you cannot rely on Chazaka de Rava. And he has a whole discussion about this. Is it like Chalitza? Not like Chalitza? That's not what I'm going to discuss now. The Rabbi Kivager then goes on to say that there is one thing important to note, that if you do have proof now, when he's 16, that he is a gadol, that he did bring Saros, so then it does work the Mifreya. And as is his custom, he discusses pros and cons, explains Rayos from Chalitza, not from, and he goes through a whole discussion, but at the end, that's the way he paskins, that in this particular case, the child should not continue to write tefillin unless he is checked and we see that he brings besaros, in which case, even the tefillin, that he, and if he indeed is a gadol, so then, uh, also because of the fact that he looks mature, he looks tall, then we could rely on the Chazaka de Rava that we, we would say the tefillin that he wrote from the time he was 13 or kasher, but we do have to know that he did write them after the age of 13. Uh, we would have to make sure that someone could testify that this happened, the, the tefillin, his father did not let him write tefillin until he was really the age of 13. Because of this discussion, the Rebbe goes on to another point, which I said in, in, in a certain respect is more famous than the other. Rebbe then quotes a Magen Avram. Could a, a child between the age of 13 and let's say 20 who we do not know that he brought this simanim, could he be mozi someone in Daraisa? That's Rabbi Kibeger's point, that you can't do it. So therefore, he said in a case which unfortunately is fairly common, in a home for one reason where the father is not home, he's in Miluim, he's away for Shabbos, so the a child makes Kiddush at home. Now he has to be mozi the mother. The mother is Chayv in Kiddush Daraisa. We baskin that zacha b'shamar kol sheyeshna b'zacha yeshna b'shamar, and women are chayiv in kiddush hayom midaraisa. Since the child is only a gadol because of chazaka derava, and we only rely on that for dinim derabanan, it would seem that a child could not be motzi an adult for kiddush, and that indeed is the psak of the magen avram. Of course, this would be in a case where the woman has not yet davened mariv. Because according to many poskim, not every, not all poskim, the Menchas Chinuch, for example, disagrees, but according to many poskim, a person fulfills the biblical obligation of Kiddush by saying, Shmonesse Friday night. You don't have to say exactly the Kiddush that we say, but you have to mention the ideas of Shabbos, and you do that in Shmonesse Friday night. Therefore, According to that opinion, if a person daven ma'ev already, he's only chayv in Kiddush Rabbanan. So then, there would be no problem. A child could be motzi, because a child is chayv to Rabbanan, being motzi to Rabbanan. Rabbi Kiveyer does raise the issue, perhaps a child would be considered a double to Rabbanan. If he daven ma'ev already, 
So even if he were a gadol, he'd be chayiv the rabbanon. But since he's a katan, he's the rabbanon. The bikvei said that in, in an argument, that's not considered two rabbanons. He's considered chayiv the rabbanon, and he can be mostly his mother or women who have david marev. But if the women have not david marev, he said they cannot be mostly them. He does suggest a solution which has engendered great halachic debate. He said what the din of kiddush is daraisa. Kiddush with wine is only drabana. So he suggested that a woman could say the Kiddush along, he quotes Magan Avram, that a woman could say the Kiddush along with the Katan. But he emphasizes, if he, the woman says the Kiddush along with the Katan, she has a problem because it's, it's not Kiddush alayayin. She is just in there saying the words. So Abikiveger said she should say the words until the brachas. The brachas should be made by the cotton, but she should say the whole text of Kiddush together with the cotton, with, not the cotton, it's, it's the gadol who has not brought sa- saras. I apologize if I might have misled people. I'm talking about a person who, apidin, is above the age of 13, but I don't know if he brought saras, and therefore I consider him not yet a gadol for the purposes of dinim daraisa. So Rebbe Vega says he could say part of the Kiddush with the person with the woman should say part of the Kiddush together with the young fellow who's saying Kiddush. Therefore, she's Yotze the Daraisa by saying those words. And the Rabbanan of making the Bracha, she will let the child do. And for a Rabbanan, since that's only the Rabbanan, so you can rely on Chazaka the Rabbah for a Din Rabbanan. This is, as, as I said before, engendered a great Machlokas. Can you say the Din of Shomea Ka'one for part of a Bracha? Here, the woman said most of the bracha by herself. It was just the ending that she said, uh, that the child said uh, to be motzier. Would we say Shamea Kaone for that as well? That, I said, has been a big discussion. Last week I mentioned that the Chuvas of Rabbi Kiveger had been printed in addition, which brings many, many sources that discuss all the Chuvas. Today we'll quote some of them, but this uh, topic is raised in that particular sefer. But then Rabbi Kiveger goes on, to discuss an issue that, at least to my mind, is even more famous. He says that he quotes the, a famous Dogel Mervava. The Dogel Mervava are, is a gauss on the Shulchan Aruch written by the Noda Behuda. And the, the Dogel Mervava said a very big Kiddush. In Simon Reish Ayin Aleph, he said, and this is obviously based on what we've just learned, that a child, a, a we talked about a child who's Chayef Rabbanan, but we mentioned Davening Mariv exempts you from the biblical obligation of Kiddush. Once you've said Shmonesu, Friday night, according to the Dog of Mervava, according to Rebekah Vegar, you fulfill the mitzvah daraisa of, of Kiddush. So the Dog of Mervava came up with this brilliant concept. If a man davens Mariv Friday night, he fulfilled the biblical obligation. And if he fulfilled the biblical obligation, then he's only Chayef Rabbanan. Assuming the women at the table have not said Mariv, they're Chayef Daraisa. So how could he be mostly them? He's Chayef only Drabanan, and they're Chayef Daraisa. The simple answer would be because of Arvus. Arvus means mutual responsibility. And we paskin, Kevan Shiyotza, Motsi. Even if a person fulfilled his obligation, he can f- help someone else fulfill the obligation by reciting whatever needs to be said. The only problem that Rebbe Kiveger and the Dogma of Hava saw with this line of reasoning is they questioned whether there is indeed arvus between men and women and women and men. 
And the Dodo Mervava based himself upon a Gemara in Brachas, Davchafa Medbeis. The Gemara said that if a woman is chayev in benching Midrabanan, she cannot be motzi a man who's chayev in benching Midaraisa. Now, we know that the people who are chayev Drabanan can be motzi people who are chayev Daraisa because of Arvas. But the Gemara said clearly that if a woman, that that issue itself is not clear in the Gemara, but assuming that a woman is only chayev in, kid, in benching Midrabanan, she could not be motzi a man. Because apparently there's no Arvas. The Dagam Mervava assumed that, to, and he quotes the Rush, the, that the Rush said there's no Arvas, that he interpreted this to mean that there's no Arvas between women and men, women are not obligated for men, and conversely, men are not obligated for women. This point itself, you can argue with. You can say that even if men, if women are not chayv and arvas for men, that's because women basically are private people. But men who are public people are chayv and arvas for women. That is one argument you could make. But Rebekah Vager, in general, rejected the whole argument. Rebekah Vager said that the Rush never said that there's no arvas between women and men. He just said that if a woman is not chayv midaraisa and benching, then there's no arvas. Arvas is not a new mitzvah by itself. Arvas is an adjunct of every mitzvah. In other words, if I'm chayv in a mitzvah, not only am I chayv for that mitzvah of myself, I'm chayv in that mitzvah for other people. However, if I'm not mechayv in the mitzvah at all, then there's no arvus for me on that mitzvah at all. The Gemara assumed that if women are putter from birchas hamazon midaraisa, for whatever reason Rashi and Tosos there discuss, but if women are putter midaraisa from birchas hamazon, then there's no arvus in birchas hamazon. So therefore, they can be motzi men. But they did not mean to say there's no arvus between men and women. Uh, therefore, Rabbi Kibager disagreed with the whole premise, and he said that a woman can be Yosef B'Kiddush from a man, even if he fulfilled the biblical obligation of Kiddush by saying Shman The Minchas Chinuch, in Jen, also has disagreed with the Dogomir because he argued that you're not really Yotze with Kiddush in Shman, when you say Shman Essay, because Kiddush requires mentioning Yitzhiyaz Mitzrayim, and we don't mention Yitzhiyaz Mitzrayim in respect to Kiddush on, in Friday night's davening. Friday night's davening is, is based upon, uh, Bria Shamayim Va'aretz, creation, and not, the Shabbos morning might be more in conjunction with Yitzhiyaz Mitzrayim. But Friday night, since we don't mention Yitzhiyaz Mitzrayim, the Minchas Chino said you're not Yotze. So we have many reasons to disagree with the Chiddush of the Dogo Mervava, and therefore, according to Rebekah Vager, women can be Yotze with Kiddush with men, even if the man has davened. Of course, any woman who's listening and is so intelligent to understand this whole argument certainly will daven Marv. So the question becomes moot. Just in the theoretical possibility that would that would happen, we have a discussion between the Dogo Mevava and Rebbe Kiveger. Based on this tshuva, that a katan cannot be motzi, a an adult, in a biblical obligation, we have another tshuva Rebbe Kiveger, which is also a very interesting tshuva, very clever tshuva. In Simon Ein Gimel, Rebbe Kiveger. Was, was told the following story 
a man came to him and he said that he made a nether about something that's very private and very secret to him. He really now realizes he does not want to keep the nether and he wants to do Ataras Nadar. Where he lives, in the city where the questioner lived, there are he had no close friends, no one that he felt comfortable telling his secret to. But he did have a young fellow, about 15 years old, who he became very close to. And he relies on him and trusts on him, very, trusts him very much. But since Rebekah Vega said, between the age of 13 and 20, a child cannot relate to a Dindarai. So could, we only rely on Chazaka the Rava for Dinim the Rabbanan. How could he manage to tell this 15-year-old the secrets of his nether? Because he can't be part of the Bezdin. Because we don't rely on him for Mitzvah Daraisa. Sir Biki Vager did not discuss at all the lumdus involved in the beginning. He said a very simple solution. I have an idea, a practical solution for you. Take four people. Take three of them who are above the age, who you know that are adults, assumedly bearded people, people we know who have who have brought some money, and have this fourth person join him in the Besden. Now, you you then tell your secret to the 15-year-old. You don't have to tell the piruta neder, the, the exact delineation of this particular neder. You don't have to tell every member of the Besden. One member of the Besden has to know. But why would that work? Because Midaraisa, Rabbi Kiver said, you don't need to explain the neder. Piruta neder, the details of the neder, are only a Drabaran law that you have to explain. So for Piruta neder, I'd rely on the child. That he, 15 year old, I'd rely on for Din Drabanan, that he heard the net, that he heard the Piruta neder. But he can't be matir the neder, except that for the fact that now he's part of a Bezdin of four. Since the Bezdin of four has three Dayanim, they can be Matir the Neder on a Daraisa level. And you don't need the child for the Daraisa level. All you need for him is to fulfill the Pirut HaNeder, which is only a Dindra Abanan. It's very clever answer. And in the standard Tshuva Rebbe Kivayu, that's the end of the Tshuva. However, in the Hashmatos of the Tshuva, there Rebbe Kivayu's Lamdis comes back into play. And where he raises a few issues about this uh, particular psak. In general, he discusses, is it really true that you cannot rely on Chazaka the Rava for the purpose of being a Dayan? That issue, he, re- he discussed pros and cons, but he understands there's a place to be Mekil. Nevertheless, Rebbe was Machmir. Then he had another question. In our case, perhaps we should be Machmir because since there are four Dayanim, and one we're assuming is Pasal Midaraisa, so why wouldn't we say the principle of Nimsa Echad Mem Karva Pasal applies? If there are, in Eidos we say, if there are four witnesses, and they come to court together, or three witnesses and come to court together, but one of them is Pasal, the whole cat is Pasal, the whole group becomes Pasal, Nimsa Echad Mem Karva Pasal, would we say that by Dayanim as well? And he quotes 
the Knesset HaGadola, in Choshen Mishpat, that indeed says so, that Badayanim, there's also a din like that. Rabbi Kiveyer very briefly discusses the point, but he said, nevertheless, I feel you could rely on my idea, and he paskened in this particular case to have four Dayanim, one here is Pirat HaNeder, and the other three are the Dayanim Midaraisa to be Mati the Neder. Another tshuva of Rabbi Kiveyer that really, at be, in, the, in the onset, doesn't sound to be a halacha question, but a very important tshuva of Rabbi Kiveger is found in the beginning of the tshuva's Simon Ches. Someone had asked him, a certain Rabbi Avram from Mezrich, had written to Rabbi Kiveger and asked him, if a person doesn't know if something is usher, do we have to stop him from doing it? Rabbi Kiveger goes on to a discussion of what we would call misasik. In general, in the Torah, there's a concept called shogeg, a person who's very loosely and briefly, shogeg is a person who made a mistake. For example, in Shabbos, he didn't know today was Shabbos, he didn't know that this particular malacha is usher, he didn't know exactly what this malacha was. There are three basic examples of shogeg on Shabbos. But a person who did an Avera B'Shogeg, in general, is Chayev Karban. Shogeg, you're Chayev Karban. Misasek is a degree that's less than Shogeg. It's when a person is not aware of the action he's doing. Without going into the details of all the Gemaras and the complications, one example would be You'd have to go into the Gemara to explain exactly the details. But a person meant to cut something that he thought uh, was uh, detached from its origin, and when he cut, when and he didn't realize that he cut something that was actually attached. This is basically the law of misasik. For misasik, we have adin that you don't bring a carbon. The Torah says, Asher Chataba, you bring a carbon for Shogeg, Asher Chataba. And the Gemara explains, Asher Chataba, Pratamisasek. If you did a particular Aveira, even if it's Meshogeg, you bring a carbon. But not for Misasek. So Misasek is obviously less than Misasek. Now on Shabbos, we have a special law that Misasek is Pater. Misasek on Shabbos, is not considered Melechus Machsheves. Now, Rebbe Kiver explains that if it's because of Misasek, then a person would have done a Melacha, would have done something wrong, but you're part of Karban. Since there's a din called Melechus Machsheves, since it's a special din of Shabbos, you're not, you didn't do the Melacha at all. This is not considered Melech's Machsheves. Therefore, Rabbi Kiveir comes up with a tremendous Chiddush. And the Chiddush is as follows. When the Torah said, and we learn from here, to the exclusion of Misasek, it means that Misasek is an Avera. There's a Masa Avera in Misasek. You're not punished for it. You don't have to bring a carbon for it. It is indeed less than Shogeg, but nevertheless it's an Avera. 
Therefore, we have a special halacha on Shabbos to tell us that on Shabbos, even if it's misasek, it should have been considered an Avera. But because of the din of Malachas Machshaves, it's not an Avera at all. And therefore, you can discuss various areas of law, whether misasek is an Avera or not. Rabbi Kivayer pointed out that his friend, the Nesivas who I mentioned earlier, in his sefer called Mekar Chaim, seems to disagree with this principle of Rabbi Kivayer. Because he said, a person who doesn't know he has chametz and Pesach, he's totally unaware of it. So that's considered an Avera B'Shogeg. He says, why? You never knew you had chametz. If you didn't know you had chametz, why should you be chay? Why should you be considered an avera? So the nesivas himself tried to explain the difference between avera, which I do with a masa, like uh, like eating kosher, eating tray for uh, being mechalal shabbos or putting on shatnes, etc. We'll use those examples later. But in a case where the avera is passive, then there's no dinamisasek. Having chametz on Pesach is not, I didn't do anything wrong, I just kept the chametz in my possession. He said, there, there's no din of mesasek. Mesasek refers to a masa, but not to an avera which is done b'shevah tasa. Rabbi Salvechik raised this issue when we learned at the beginning of Pesachim that according to Rashi, you do b'dikas chametz in order to make sure a person's not over by your rabbi According to the line of reasoning that the Nesiva suggested, one would ask the same question. Why do you have to even bother checking for chametz? I don't know I have chametz in my house. If I do, did know I had, if I would have known I had chametz in the house, I would have gotten rid of it. But I didn't know. So therefore you do badikas chametz. If you say badikas chametz is because I don't want chametz in my house because I might eat it, etc. Okay, I understand why you do badikas chametz. But since Rashi said the reason you do badikas chametz is to make sure you're not over by your rabbi matzei. Why would it be over by your rabbi matzei if it's if you don't know you have chametz? It's misasik. So Rabbi Kivager proved from here that misasik is indeed an avera. As I said, he did not accept the distinction of the nesivos between an avera bekumbase and avera b'sheivatase, and he said that misasik is an avera in all cases, and. He has furthermore another proof from the case where a person is wearing kilayim. What happens if a person is wearing a garment? We're assuming it's a garment that not an out a, a, a jacket that if he takes off in public he won't feel he'll he'll feel terribly upset. A garment that is that he's wearing, and if he would take it off he would feel it would feel very uncomfortable. Let's assume it's a bathrobe; it's the only thing he's wearing. So. The Gemara says the halacha is in Shulchan Aruch that if a person sees a person wearing kilayim doraisa, he should tell him. He said, "Why should he tell him? It's misasek. So if it's misasek, then there's no need to tell him unless you assume there's navera in misasek as well." I heard a number of times from Rav Salavechik that he disagreed with this position of Rebbe Kivager. And he thought a misasek is not considered an Avera at all. As far as Chametz, we explained the, the distinction of the Nesivas. As relates to Kilayim, 
we would have to say there's a distinction between the type of Isar you're doing. In Kilayim, the Isar is to benefit, to feel the weight, the heat of the baggage you're wearing. To feel, to have the, the Hana of Kilayim is the Isar. Now the Gemara says that Mesasek is Chayev in two cases, in Chalavim and Arayis, in forbidden relationships and in Trefa food. And the reason is because Shekein because the person benefited. And the Isar is the benefit. So perhaps the same is true by Kilayim, that even though Misasek, according to Rabbi Salvechik, is not Naveira at all, in the case of Kilayim, we might consider Naveira. Rabbi Salvechik brought this, his argument, from Svara. He thought a Misasek is completely removed from an action of the person. It's as if he didn't do it, someone else did it. And he said, if it would be true that Misasek is considered Naveira, then Misasek, a person who was Misasek doing a mitzvah, should be considered that he did the mitzvah. And Rabbi Salvechik said it was simple that a person who was Misasek with mitzvah did not fulfill the mitzvah. Rabbi Salvechik discussed this in a number of times. In one place in, in Shi'urim, the Zecher Abamari, he discussed Misasek as regards to Kriyashmat, the saying to doing a mitzvah. In the footnote there, he mentioned that Misas, the argument between Rabbi Kiva Eger and the, his opinion that Misasek is not Naveira at all. And he, in this uh, footnote, he quoted it from Rabbeinu Agadol, assumedly that means Reb Chaim. Maybe in this context it meant his father, I'm not sure. But he said that his father always thought, his grandfather always thought that there was no Maisa in Misasek. He brought another raya from a famous discussion in the Rambam. The Rambam says if a person is, has relations with one of the Arayas, Misasek, he's Chayef. That's the Gemara. That a Misasek Bechalav and Arayas is Chayef. But the Rambam then says, and that is true also, for Isurim the Rabbanan of Arayas. Any erva that's Asim the Rabbanan, there's also Yochayef because of Misasek. The Ravid there argued and said, I don't understand. There's no carbon. So what are you talking about? You say there's a din of Misasek and a din de Rabbanan, but there's no carbon and a din de Rabbanan. So Rabbi Soloveitchik explained that according to the Rambam, it seems that Misasek is not Naver at all. By Chalav and Barayos, which are Chayv Midrabanan, the, in the case of, of Chalav Arayis Durabanan, Arayis Durabanan, in such a case, you would be Aser. So, because of Nene, but only because of Nene. So you see, because of Nene, Misasek is considered Navera, not for a carbon, it's only Durabanan, but it's Navera. And from here we can infer that any other case of Misasek is not Navera at all. Of course, it should be pointed out, that the Ravid disagrees. The Ravid might very well think that Misasek is an Avera. Rabbi Aaron, Rav Aaron Salavechik, in his Sefer, when Ahilchas Avelus, Shirim Lezech Abamari, pointed out that this is indeed a machlokas between the Rambam and the Ravid. And he said, I quote, V'nireh Rambam v'Ravid pligi bekeshem aptur shamasasek. So in this respect, they 
pointed out this argument between Rabbi Kiva Eger and the Nesivas is actually a machlokas between the Rambam and the Raivet. One of the interesting questions brought in the Sefer that I mentioned, uh, the extended version of Rabbi Kiva Rabbi, of Eger was edited by a Rav Shurkin. He quotes his uncle, Rav uh, Yechiel Michal Shurkin, a Ram in, in Yerushalayim, in Shivat Taras Moshe, who quoted the Rav and quoted other sources also that raised this issue. And then he, this Rav Shurkin brought about the, one of the famous questions. Why do we have to bother check, checking for Tolayim? And he has an interesting story. I'd like to con- conclude with this story. He, in the footnotes of this Rabbi Kivayur, he mentioned that Rabbi Yisrael Salanter asked this question and sent it to Rabbi Kivayur. He asked him, why do we have to bother checking for Tolayim? Since you don't know their Tolayim, it's Misasek. And I would assume there's no Hana of eating Tolayim. Nobody says that Tolayim are disgusting. So nobody's going to say, Yechayev Kazav Nene. And Rabbi Kivayur received this, this tshuva, this question from Rabbi Yisrael Salanter. Rabbi Yisrael Salanter was a little shocked to see that he had no answer. He never received an answer from Rabbi Kivager. So years later, Rabbi Yisrael Salante met Rabbi Shlomo Eger, the son of Rabbi Kivager, and asked him why his father had never answered him. He said, indeed, he answered him. It's found in this tshuva that we're mentioning now, where Rabbi Kivager said, you have to check for Tolayim because Misasek is a Maisavera. The reason he didn't answer him is because the question was asked to him, and he felt it should have been asked to the Rav of the town. And he didn't want to answer a question that was should have been addressed to someone else because he felt perhaps it would be an insult to that gadol if Rebbe Kivega would answer a question that should have been addressed to someone else. We conclude today by showing again the modesty of Rebbe Kivega.